Hiya, just a little announcement. We have pre-recorded this episode on the 29th of March so it can be released over the Easter break whilst we're not in Newcastle or university. So I hope everyone is having a lovely and well-deserved break, getting ready to come back refreshed and absolutely smash what is left of this academic year. So hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Northumbria Politics Society podcast. Because today we're joined by two guests after International Women's Day on Tuesday the 8th of March. Both Jack and I decided it was so, so important that we give the fantastic work that Northumbria Against Sexual Violence do on campus here at university a platform to tell everyone more about this amazing organisation and the recognition that they deserve. So a warm welcome to their president, Georgia Back. Hello. Hiya. <laughs> I'm also so pleased to say that we're joined by our wonderful Equality Officer for the Politics Society. As president, I felt it was so important to create this role to ensure that there would be equality on all fronts and Sarah was the perfect person to take on this role. She is so inclusive of all of our members, but today in particular, we're going to focus on gender equality, seeing as International Women's Day has just passed. So hello to... Sarah Baldwin, the Politics Society Equality Officer. Hiya. So how are you both? How's your week going so far? Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Had a few deadlines, don't know about you. Yeah. 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 Glad they're out of the way. Ready for a bit of a break now? Yeah, close to the end of term. I think everybody feels that, don't they? When you get to the end of term, you just want to have a nice break. Well-deserved break. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, well, it's all right for you in second year. (laughs) I've got a bloody dissertation that I've got to write. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) <laughs> that's all I'll, I'll, let's not <laughs> it's just dissertation really isn't it it's like one of the most stressful and panicky things I've ever done imagine. we've kind of got a mini dissertation this year me and that's Sarah true. we've got like a research project yes I had to do that I had to do that that was a lot of fun they begin to like prep you don't they they're like yeah. so this could be used for your which, dissertation and you're like yeah. oh. which is useful in the long run yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think before we actually get into talking about what we're going to talk about today, this is something that I'm going to have a go at for the first time because, like we said, we're breaking the fourth wall. This episode has been recorded as the seventh episode rather than the sixth. So this is something that I'm going to try. So I, me and Eve, when we were discussing the planning for, for guests on the podcast, we were like, well, why don't we try and go with an, like, an icebreaker question, basically, to try and, like, you know, informalise what we're talking about today. And we thought... The best thing to ask, because we saw this debate on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you saw this. So the question we want to ask you both, do you think there's more wheels in the world or doors? Oh, wheels, 100%. Wheels. Why? Why wheels? wheels? Because you can get wheels on doors, like cars have got four wheels, wheel in the boot. But Sarah, every cupboard has a door. How many cupboards are there yeah, in the world? But there's bins in doors. On like cupboards, and they have wheels, and they have wheels. I think it's wheels. I'm sorry. I've been sometimes I've been wheels, sometimes I've been. Depends who you talk to. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, a difficult it one. It depends who you talk to, but the an- correct answer is wheels. Yeah, I googled it, and wheels was <laughs> oh, the correct answer. Oh no, I was just saying something like a little bit sarcastically there. But if if the actual answer is wheels, then th- that's just basically confirming what I already knew. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. I'm I, so torn. Went on for quite a while this debate as well, didn't it? It was Chairs like soaring everywhere. I saw it so many places. Oh, I, I, I still try and hold it, which is why I've now brought it to the podcast. So <laughs> I it's think a, it's brilliant. It's just, Very it's just a nice, yeah. it's just a nice discussion really to get started before we actually go into 
what we're going to be talking about today, because obviously this is a very, very important episode. I'm probably going to take a bit of a back seat in terms of the actual discussion, because I was saying this to Eve last night. It's so complicated, like, how I do explain this, but basically it's just like, it's not that I don't want to be a part of this, it's that I, I absolutely do. It's just more of the fact that I can't really speak from experience and I don't want to manslay this because this is this is this is obviously a really important project to you, Georgia, that you've set up, and it's obviously based around like the experiences of women, which is something that I know myself that I will never experience. So I just want to sit here and learn rather than involve myself as much as you three, which is why obviously we brought in you, Sarah, as the equalities officer. We felt you were really important to be a part of this. So yeah. So that that's why we would. This is almost like my own personal disclaimer now: is that if you don't hear me throughout a lot of this, it's because I'm sort of just taking a backseat and I'm listening to these experiences from these three amazing women. <laughs> Thanks. That's that's such a really nice introduction, Jack. Um, so I believe we've got lots of questions from listeners of the podcast and the society members as well. So first of all, for Georgia, can you just give us like a little <coughs> overview of the organisation? Like, what was the main motivation behind starting it, and what sort of things have you guys been up to so far? Yeah. So um, Northumbria Against Sexual Violence is a campaign led by both students and staff, um, and at the university, with the aims really, it's like an initiative to stop gender-based violence and to get students that on campus involved in um, activism. It was from tw- September 2020 that really we began to start making plans about what we wanted to do like in the future with this um and so far it's been like a really great six months that we've we've got such a good group um and everybody's so like passionate about like the same things um and I think that that's contributed such a nice like vibe and like atmosphere you know when we meet up and we have discussions everybody really like equally contributes so that's been great and really our plans since September have just been to get our name out there get out what we're doing especially to the university definitely at least um so from September we started doing like um like workshops kind of we had like TED talks so we had people that came into the university to speak um, about the services that they run like within the northeast because we wanted at the moment to keep it within the northeast and we had six sessions running from October to November that probably lasted about like an hour two hours long they were such like a great turnout uh we had both male and female students come to the workshops which was like so great to see like that's something that we want to keep like reiterating I think sometimes it can come across that it's like just a a women's based group but no it's not like we do really want to involve both female and male students so that was great to see so that's that was like a really big thing that we started doing and then we've been making plans since we came back after Christmas. That is great. And like you said, just like the Politics Society, you've only been going since September. So what you've achieved in such a short space of time is amazing. Like just hearing about you on campus, you're becoming more and more prominent. Everyone seems to know. I was at work the other day and I saw a girl with a tote bag and I thought, you know, your tote bags that you've got. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. I wanted to go over and chat to her, but I thought she might think it's a bit weird. But I just recognised her. Yeah, the tote bags were a really good idea. We thought everybody loves the tote bags. Yeah, fantastic. We thought we'd spend, because we get um, funding from the university as well which is great so we're able to provide um like mer- like a bit of merchandise yeah. so we have the bags and we have like little badges as well that we brought out when we did a, um, a stall on international women's day and you know just funding towards you know snacks and drinks that we have out when we do 
sessions so yeah the funding's been like a really big help as well just sort of going back on the international women's day thing i we talked about that briefly on the yeah. la- our last episode because that was released around international women's day so obviously we spoke about it but can you just tell us again sort of like what what it was that you did on campus because obviously it had like a bit of an impact i believe yeah so we got in touch with the students union and asked because they were doing a day on international women's day and having stores um, and we asked if we could have a store we're not actually a society yet but we're hoping for that to happen in the future for the next academic year but we were able to get a stall and we had it just outside on the campus and we just again like I said earlier we wanted to just like get our name out show what we're doing on campus make sure that all the students know about like what we're doing um so we had flyers one of the girls ran a competition on like statistics um to do with sexual violence and it was great like it was really fun I've never done anything like it before so it was a great experience for me and I I think for all the other girls as well so yeah we just stood in campus it was a nice day we had lots of people come both male and female again which was great just reiterating what we're doing you know it's we want it to be like a light-hearted space as well space where people feel like comfortable um to speak and i think we're achieving that so far so it's great yeah some of those statistics that i saw on international women's day were absolutely shocking have you got any on the top of your head that you know of i didn't run the competition so i no i don't not off the top of my head some of them were absolutely (laughs) shocking just about representation of women and violence against women and the prominence of it in society yeah it's just a lot higher than you would expect yeah definitely i think there there was one about um who like is the perpetrator and you know it's someone that you know which i think is such like a scary thought because we all like to think that the people that are in our lives whether they're friend family neighbors that they're all people that you can like trust and be around and that statistic did show that that's not always the case but again like that's why we're doing the campaign to set up real passionate about the fight against sexual violence so how many like people are involved in the actual campaign sort of like obviously the, the, there's people that like come and like take an interest in it obviously with the merchandise and things like that so how many is it that are sort of like because obviously you're the brains behind it but like how many more sort of people are involved in it so there must be i, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head but at least like 15 to 20 really yeah yeah and there's a mixture of students from different years so there's people that have just started in second year and third year and then we've got teachers as well so far like it is um female dominated so again like i said earlier i can understand why it might look like it's like a women's only like campaigning community but we're still trying to push to get male students or male teachers like to come and like get involved in like our future plans um but yeah everybody it's not just me that's got the brains behind it like everybody contributes really equally so yeah giving credit there where it's due <laughs> that's amazing it's only going to grow from here it's only going to get yeah, bigger, I hope and bigger. So. but sort of on that note of like the ratios of people involved you were saying about how like it's mainly sort of female at the minute but obviously you do have the aims to be an inclusive campaign mm-hmm. and that, that that's great and one of the questions from the listeners was is that what can men do to help essentially in terms of like not just promote the campaign but i think just in general like when it comes to this issue because it's obviously it's a really sensitive issue while there's the stigma has been sort of broken around it a little bit more we saw that obviously with like the sarah everard situation yeah. last year and things like that what people want to know is sort of like how do men get involved because men will get involved just sort of like they'd like to know how essentially because it's like i was saying earlier about the fact that it's like 
it's not our experiences. Yeah. It's just, but it's something like, if you're happy to sort of tell us how we can help, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people who'd be willing to get involved and help out. Yeah. So, um, like I said, like as of like September, we're going to apply and hopefully become a society and hopefully we'll be part on the society's fair that we have at Northumbria. And um, like, just getting you know we've got an instagram up now and a twitter um so just having some male following on that as well because we have um some students that are in the group that are in charge of like the social media platforms and they post like pretty regular on there on like what we're doing what's happened this week in the news and like what plans we've got in the future so i think like if if we get more male following on that then maybe they won't be as like intimidated by what we're doing you know we we do want it to be like inclusive and that's what we're aiming for um i think it's more just knowing that it you know it's it's a light-hearted space hmm. and like everybody is included and like made to feel comfortable like that are definitely like the aims and you know we've got activism that we want to take part in and we want that to be both male and female students so i think it is just you know being confident enough to go Definitely. Sometimes it's just the small things as well. When you're walking somewhere and maybe it's not quite daylight, like it's a bit dark. Mm. If a guy's walking quite fast behind me, I prefer them to like either cross over to the other side of the road or maybe I'll try and cross over to the other side of the road or if they can overtake me and walk in front of me so I don't feel like they're following me behind me. It's just the small things like that that can really make a big difference in society. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, and it's obviously like with as I say, the situation that occurred last year with the Sarah Everard thing, we saw quite, a, like, not, I don't think polarising is the right word, but there was a lot of sort of, there was a wide range of reactions to, like, what what had happened, basically. A lot of, like, anger and disgust. and But there was also, like, a reaction of almost selfishness from the point of view of, from the male perspective, is that a lot of people, a lot of men, were quick to dismiss what had happened because it wasn't something that, they felt they did so what do you make of like it basically is is pa- being passive in this situation how compatible is that to the sort of message that you want to promote because from from what i gather from my perspective is that being passive in a situation like this is impossible yeah and i think um me and sarah both spoke the other day and were saying sometimes you know if you're not part of the solution you can then sometimes be part of the problem and like especially with sarah of rod i know that you know across like social media some males did get quite on the defensive about like what happened and you know like they wouldn't do that and absolutely not like we know that you know not every man like acts the same and there's good and bad in like everybody i think oh i don't know how to finish answering this it shouldn't have to be used (laughs) as a defense to sort of say well you know we don't all do that and it's like yeah we know that we're not accusing you of of men for there to be a problem it's not saying that all men are the problem but there's enough for there to be a problem do you think sometimes being silent and not standing up and saying i'm on your side i'm on the side of women against violence if men are just quiet and they don't say anything sometimes that can be also part of the problem that they're not standing up and facing against it yeah but i suppose i do understand that um sort of like what jack's already sort of said you don't i can see why they might feel they're speaking out of out of tone do you know what i mean like yeah um, that how you said you know you thought you'd take a back seat on this because it's something you'll never experience but we just want you know to you know everybody deserves to feel safe when they're walking around at night no matter who you are are, um, no matter where you are 
you know like especially we're all uni students here like nighttime economy you know we spend a lot of our time out socializing um and sometimes this is where the problems and issues can take place so i think the like importance of having nighttime economy like solutions uh really are really really important like you know the like um ask angela like those like yeah. solutions that That's are put in place i think yeah, it's yeah. so so great like i didn't know about that until i came to uni it was actually my brother that sent it over to me and was like you know just keep this in mind if there's ever like a situation where you don't feel comfortable um then you can't you know there's always a way Definitely. to get out. i think ask angela is such a great example of systematic change happening yeah. because a lot of the time it's all well and good as in, as individuals making small changes to make people feel more comfortable but it actually needs systematic change and Ask Angela is a brilliant initiative that mm. has helped that. Yeah I, I agree I think I first heard about it I think on the news but then I think we actually started implementing it at work because like where I work is like a customer service thing so obviously if someone came in needing like immediate help we'd be able to provide help through that system so i do feel as though it is a good it is a it's a great system in fact to be able to sort of help people who are in immediate danger with things like this but sort of like going back to sarah for a second so you obviously are the women sorry not the the equality officer for the politics society and now when i i can remember when i was part of the society in first year i don't believe they ever had a sort they had they ever had a role like that so how essentially what what are you doing to sort of help with the with the inclusivity of the politics society because it's something that we've that Eva said that she wants to be as exclu- inclusive as possible sorry so what what does your role entail essentially well i think for me i'd quite like it to be so um we were talking about in this scenario like men staying silent um i think you're not always going to get it right i feel like people feel they need to always get it right so if they can't do that they then stay silent but if you you're not always going to get right people in every scenario you're not always going to be right um it gives them the chance to be educated and that's not just to do with like gender equality and so on and so forth that's in every category like everybody can learn and sometimes like even if you just sit back like you're not being silent but it's all right to not understand and just sit there and listen to somebody who potentially does understand and just like educate yourself I suppose and I'd like to apply that as the equality officer because you're not then cancelling anyone or silencing anyone and I think it takes a lot for someone to be like look I don't understand I might say something that not wrong but I want you to educate me and I want each other to yeah and that's why we felt that it was appropriate that you come in and like be a part of this interview because obviously what George you're doing is a great initiative around campus and obviously involving it goes further than just the students it's obviously got the involvement of lecturers and the students union as well and then obviously with Sarah being able to promote this inclusivity within the politics society I feel as though it's very it's very important really and it's like you're saying about sort of like the educate yourself it's always better to sort of sit back and listen rather than to make like a comment that may not necessarily be wrong but it's more of like read the room kind of thing yeah like when I that's what I felt was the big issue about with the Sarah Everhard and the not all men reaction was that it just wasn't really a reading of what was going on like it was just used as a as a reactionary tool to sort of like shut down the the points that women who had experienced the same were making yeah and i think one thing that sort of ties into this that i saw on another podcast was that this 
woman was asked, um, so how come like women are allowed to then comment on masculinity and everything about that, the whole like masculinity thing, um, because I think that's when men got on the defence as well. Like they were like, you're saying this about masculinity, and but I do definitely think that the oppressed know a lot more about the oppressor than the oppressor will know about themselves, which makes them more qualified. Per- what I personally think that is so interesting can you remember what podcast that was on um, I think it might have been called Man Enough Man that Enough really podcast interesting. yeah 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 that does that does is a good point that's being made there mm. about like how but I was going to sort of ask have either of you sort of heard of the Her Game 2 initiative at all so that was something it's sort of again me bringing sports into everything but this is an initiative <laughs> this is an initiative that has been launched in the last I think I'm not sure how old it is but it's it's a it's a new thing and uh, a lot of football clubs are getting involved with it to sort of encourage uh, like sort of female participation and attendance within football clubs. So my football team that I support, Doncaster Rovers, they have a they've formed a woman supporters group off the back of it, where there's one there's one girl Lizzie who sort of helps coordinate all of that. And she's I follow her on Twitter, we sort of, we mutuals on Twitter, and she's absolutely brilliant in what she does. But then what I noticed, sort of going back to this idea of masculinity and things, there was a thing the other day. Uh, we're due to play Shrewsbury Town in a couple of weeks and Shrewsbury are running an offer uh, where tickets are going to be uh, 50% off for women to, in order to sort of encourage like female attendance at football matches. And the out, the absolute outcry that this received from men, people accused them of breaking the law, people were saying, that, like, oh, let's just self-identify. Is that sort of, like... Is that part of the problem essentially? Like, does that does this whole like idea of is it is it almost institutionalized really? This whole idea of masculinity and patriarchy, which has led to sort of like any cries for equality being being ridiculed almost. Yeah, because I think no one's born believing that women should have less rights than men. That is the patriarchy, so it is very embedded clearly in our institution because no one is born that way so they've obviously learnt it from somewhere and I think if you truly ask why they got on the defence I don't think they'd be able to tell you like truly thought about why they feel the way they do they'll give you this whole well, you said they're breaking the law but is that really the reason do you know what I mean the main thing that I saw that I saw was a lot of people saying oh well if this was the other way around it'd be it'd be absolutely it'd be ridiculous sort of thing it'd be like political correctness gone mad but by the same token like these football clubs do things where it's like oh you can bring a mate for a fiver and it's like there's no sort of it's the exact same thing it's just trying to encourage female participation in a pastime and a hobby that has traditionally been so um male dominated so male dominated i think we've got to really look at ourselves and say why are we having to roll out these initiatives in the first place because it's come from somewhere yeah it's just not it's not plucked out of thin air so clearly there's a systemic problem if football Mm -hmm. clubs like this are having to roll out these initiatives to get women into football it shouldn't have to be that way but unfortunately it is and that's the thing that we need to address at the root of it yeah i was going to say sometimes it's quite like shocking that we have to have these like you know these things put in place for women to feel like they can be welcomed and like part of a club whether that's like football or like you know a, a sports club at a gym or you know going to different sessions but but it's just sort of going back to what you were saying earlier about when you're like out 
in an evening and like if someone's walking behind you you want them to cross the road or you'll cross the road to feel safe or I don't know you'll pretend to be on I've read about these experiences of people where like they pretend to be like talking to someone in case they're feeling nervous I've taken phone calls from some of my female friends before when they feel like they felt someone's been following them you know it's it's crazy that it's basically got to that point where women feel like they have to put these defense like defense mechanisms up in order to just feel safe like please sort of like stop me if i'm if i'm wrong here but it's like surely instead of you having to put into place all these like psychological defense mechanisms surely the whole idea is that we should be promoting more more education which is what we do which what you're doing in movements like NASV. Yeah, yeah, no, like it's true, you know, I think we've probably all been there where, you know, if you get in a taxi on the way back from a night out and you make, you know, like, let me know when you're home or like, I know my mum will sometimes, you know, give her a call when I'm on a, like the taxi on the way home. Oh, I screenshot the taxi, you know, like when you get the confirmation and you get the number With plate the red. that comes yeah. through, I always send that to a few people and just say, I'm just going home now, like just on my way back, just so that they know where I am. Yeah, that's they let on. me know when you're home is yeah. such a phrase that so many of us say, yeah. like, um, to each other definitely um so to be we... fair i don't just say it to my girlfriends i say it to everyone yeah 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 same. um it's not just a female friend thing i do it yeah. to all my friends no it's just no like a general are. like safety thing let isn't me know it? when you're home yeah, yeah like if you're driving home let me know when you're back yeah let me know when yeah. you're back 100 yeah. it's just keeping the people that we love like safe yeah no matter who they are and i think that's become such like a second nature thing yeah. now isn't it but and it's like but does it stem this whole idea of second nature does it stem from like this idea of women needing to be safe that it's sort of like evolved that in order to try and like encompass more of more inclusiveness really because obviously if you're getting like reactionary men to these like moments of opportunities for education who are basically dismissing them or saying well i'm not part i don't think i'm part of the problem therefore i'm not part of the problem but surely that's like a hypocritical statement in itself because you're not actually doing anything to combat the problem. So do you, do you think this idea of sort of like looking out for each other has stemmed from the the need for women, which by the way is so ridiculous that I even have to say out loud the need for women to make sure they're safe on on nights out and things. Whereas why can't we just have this like um, whereas we have this idea it shouldn't need to come to that really. It's really hard because obviously I don't want to say anything that sort of like could be misconstrued or anything, but like this is just this is what I'm trying to like teach, like learn about really is that why why does it why why are institutions like yours needed really like because if because when you think about it, it does sound so ridiculous that like we need to have these institutions because surely we should live in a world where people don't need institutions in order to just be safe. Why really? I'm like I'm lost for words. I mean, in terms of nothing we against sexual violence, you know, I'm sure, you know, the nighttime economy and being safe is like a topic that we will touch on and we will do more like education in, in the future. Um, but our, like, our group like stemmed from, you know, a group of people that all had like the same passion for the fight against sexual violence that wasn't, you know, we didn't want it to be a gendered thing, which I've mentioned already yeah. before earlier on. We're just, you know, we're still we're still like a, a new group like it's only been going for six months so we're still just you know getting the hang of like planning planning things and um just 
you know like testing the waters of like what the vibe is and what people want to learn what people want to know and there's so many factors that come in to the like the group and we'll hopefully touch on all of those like throughout the years of however long it lasts really I can only really speak on Northumbria Against Sexual Violence that's the only kind of like group that I've been like part of like activist group I've been part of I've never really done anything before so it's all new to me as well so have you worked with any sort of other groups in Newcastle that like sort of for like the common that have at least common interests of maintaining like safety on like in the community yeah so um it, this wasn't um university led this was something that i did outside of uni on my own um okay last year i um participated in the ask me community community ambassador training which was a training set up by wearside women in need which is a charity over in sunderland um and it's a training that's promoted by women's aid and them as a charity wanted to take part and it's about learning the signs of sexual harassment and sexual abuse whether that be physical emotional mental financial and um, how to spot the signs and then how to signpost people to the right um, services within the northeast you know when I saw it I you know and I think that I would hate for any of my friends to come to me friends or family to come to me for advice and me not know where to signpost them to um so we did a training that lasted over two weeks um and there was a group of women of all different ages which was great to see because then it's you know there's still so many people that are really passionate about it and we just we like educated each other so we had like some work that we had to like read through and make notes on so then we could like discuss in the group when we all came together it was on um it was on a team's like meeting and it was just learning about the services that were available and what they all like did individually you know we, we weren't like we're not like professionals or anything like, it wasn't taught about that it was more just to send people to the right service if they disclosed information to you or you know maybe you noticed something of a friend or a family and thought well that's not quite right I might just you know offer this advice so then obviously it's completely up to them if they want to take it any further with support so that's what I did and it, it was a great experience I'm really really glad I did it um, and I would say to anybody like to get involved with things like that and I think that just drove my passion even more um, with Northumbria Against Sexual Violence and it was after that training that I got in touch um, with the university and got led to the staff that are involved in with Northumbria Against Sexual Violence and then we came together as a group discussed the ideas and here we are so that is amazing and then you've got those <laughs> that knowledge and that skill set that you can bring to Northumbria Against Sexual Violence it's so important yeah, 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 we had a um, a training um, which was the Western Women and Girls training um, that happened with Northumbria Against Sexual Violence. I didn't actually take part in that. Um, I couldn't make it, unfortunately. But after speaking to like a few other girls in um, in the campaign, they said how great it was. Um, that's just the same about a group of girls and women coming together to educate e- each other with group activities. Then the idea is that they, the group of girls get trained and then they're the next people to train the next cohort of people that come in. So it kind of like works its way um, from one group to another when there's new people coming in. So it's like it's like constant training. So it's that like constant like, education. That's fantastic. I think that might be a, a great place to leave it, you know.
Yeah. 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 Um, Before we finish, I'd just like to um, give an amended date to the date that we originally gave for the Surviving Society podcast that are coming to visit. So the new date is now the Tuesday, the 26th of April. So make sure you're following us on the Instagram, which is at Northumbria Politics Society, because we'll be putting more updates and how to get tickets for that event on there. So I think that's all from us. Yeah, Thank that's you for having us. Yeah. Georgia, Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a really, really interesting, informative, and, and, and important yeah. podcast. Hopefully, people will listen to this and you know take away things like obviously maybe if they've heard about your movement for the first time and want to get involved, or if they've just learned sort of like how how to like help in sort of keeping community safe but yeah i think it's been a really really informative podcast so yeah. thank you do you again. want to give a little shout out to your instagram as well if you got the it's the northumbria yeah so our um instagram is nu under nasv fantastic and thank you so much for joining us thank, thank you, you. Yeah. thank you and we shall see you in the next episode bye bye